Can we talk about your vocal range for a second? Because <laughs> out of this world, the notes that you're hitting up there. I'm sorry, I didn't cry enough for you today. <laughs> <laughs> That's my petition, I guess. Two more. I'm voting for you. Oh, you really stumped me. <laughs> I feel like this, that didn't seem that hard to me. We couldn't see your crying through our crying, so it was fun. <laughs> Hi everyone, and welcome back to After Broadway, the podcast where we deep dive into anything and everything musical theater from the comfort of my car. I'm Tara. I'm Stefania. And in today's episode, we have a very special guest. If you've listened to our podcast from the very beginning, you'll know that we are huge fans of this actor. So please welcome Robert Marcus to the podcast. Hello. It's so nice to have you here. (laughs) We've seen you in so many things, and we have basically said, I feel like, Steph, over the course of the last, like, three years, how many times have we said we need Robert on an episode? Many times. Many times. (laughs) Um, So we're very happy that just all worked out. How's how's the summer going? You're almost nearing the end of a... Stratford Festival season, two thirds of the way ish, maybe. Yeah, two thirds ish. I think we got uh, we have two two months left, so we've got all of September and all of October. So I think it works out to be like forty more Chicago's. Oh wow! Oh wow! Yeah, that seems like a lot, but also not a lot at the same time. I know it's strange because you, you're usually doing eight shows a week, and then when you're only right. doing four in rep, you're like, oh, we only do a hundred of these. And at first you think you're like, oh, 100, that's not many. And then you do it and you're like, oh, feels different. (laughs) Yeah, it's typical because, yeah, you're normally double cast in another show, but this year, not so much. Or is is Chicago the only show that's not double cast or I don't know? Um, I think there might be another one that's double cast. We uh, Not double cast. We have one actor, Steve Ross, who plays Amos Hart, is also in The Miser. So he opened No offense, but he was the star of Chicago to me. (laughs) Jen's in the other room. Be careful. (laughs) Okay, sorry. I mean, and Jen, obviously, we talked about her a lot in our Chicago episode, too. Yeah, I mean, let's talk about that. Like, you just got married this summer. Congratulations. And then for a honeymoon, you co star with your wife in Chicago. (laughs) (laughs) Address. So uh, hopefully, we're doing a honeymoon like in the in the new year. But it's it's. We'll have Italy tips for you. So (laughs) (laughs) we love Italy. Really? Have you guys been? Yeah, we did Rome and uh, Naples. Nice, nice, nice. Um, so before we get more into Chicago, we always start our interviews off by asking our guests, what is um, your earliest memory of theater? Um, uh, it was a community theater production of Puss in Boots. My dad used to take me to like community theater and it would be like pop songs with like a made up script and it would be mostly UBC students. So we'd see like Jack and the Beanstalk and Puss in Boots and we'd go and we'd drive like 45 minutes to this small little theater in front of <laughs> And he would take me and I would stay after and I would ask for autographs. He'd be like, Dad, I got a Puss in Boots autograph. (laughs) My voice was much higher back then. (laughs) The beginning of the stage door experience, basically. (laughs) Exactly. Totally. Do, I mean, I don't know about Stratford, but have people stage doored for you? Has that been kind of like... Yeah, that's that's kind of full circle moment. Yeah, if you you were excited about getting Puss in Boots and then other people excited about getting... (laughs) the same it's exactly the same exactly and my production my performance in um chicago is puss and boots so it's great (laughs) that was the inspiration got it (laughs) i mean speaking of your performance in chicago obviously chicago is such an iconic show um it was first announced for the 2020 stratford festival season obviously we know what happened um but take us back to that time um how far had you guys gotten in the rehearsal process where were you before you heard that it had to be shut down we were a day before Zitz Probe. So Zitz Probe is the day where you sit down with the orchestra and it's we call it like Singer's Christmas when you finally <laughs> meet like the rest of your cast. Um, and the uh, the rehearsal hall sat empty with all of the instruments in it for a full year. Oh wow. my God. Yeah, we were so close. And it was like, I, I don't get a feeling very often of, oh, I can't wait for people to see this. And uh, and then we got a message from uh, staff who's like, don't come to work today, though. <laughs> Hopefully we'll do it one day. Do you remember what date that was? Because, like, oh, I you don't have to. But I feel like it was a Wednesday. I'm not sure what the okay. date was. And then we would have, like, Zoom meetings with management and being like, right. okay, we're pushing it for a week. We're pushing a week. Okay, we can't push it anymore. Wow. Right. right. Yeah. So what was it like to pick it up again when you guys got to finally do it? I was really excited. I was really excited, especially um, with this time 
um, I had a conversation with the designer and the director about bringing in a drag consultant. Hmm, so um, to have that kind of support and that kind of knowledge attached to our production this time, I was really, really excited to have that extra support. And we had a great uh, performer named Pearl Harbor from Toronto, Justin Miller, who wow. like totally, it was like drag boot camp. Not actually, like, like having a drag mom, like it was fantastic to learn about like the community reasons of this, uh, uh, body padding, makeup, um, society, societal issues with drag. Like it was such a good, it was like a drag bath. <laughs> I mean, that is something we were thinking about. Mary Sunshine is, if, if people don't know, you're playing Mary Sunshine, it's a production of Chicago. And some people don't know, I don't know if I knew because I'd seen the movie and that the storyline of Mary Sunshine is kind of cu- or cut from the movie, played by Christine Baranski, so very different. Um, so to approach playing that character, sometimes I would say semi-controversially. Um, so if you're saying two years ago, you were kind of discovering that character for yourself, but this production, you had support in developing and honoring kind of the um, origin of that character. So how do you approach playing Mary Sunshine? Um, it's a, it's a really tricky one by a asking for more support and, uh, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say this. Donna's not using the orchestration from the show during the reveal. It's carnival music, which really kind of, kind of gross. Like in the, in the, um, Broadway production, the wig and the costume is like, uh, revealed without it really being Mary's decision and to make sure that identity isn't being revealed with permission and with ownership over that. Um, And it was really nice to also have like trans consultation on this. It's, it is a very troubled reveal. And like, I think the time of guys and dresses needs to kind of go. Um, We've talked about that a lot. (laughs) But I think that like we, the whole reveal is based on an art piece Justin did for high performance rodeo of revealing not revealing, but taking off his drag in a very vulnerable Mm -hmm. way. And the framework was how can we make this that the reveal is in order to save and uplift women rather than to impersonate or to, um, to, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? To take away from someone. It's an evolution of a person rather than I'm stripped away and I'm a man and I tricked you versus no, I have to do this so someone doesn't get killed again. Right. Oh, I love that because I feel like hearing it from you, sometimes we would just like throw that character away because you just don't know the context of it. But to hear how much went into this for this production, like a whole different um, viewing point for that character. So that's amazing. Yeah, it's interesting. There, uh, I think you. Got, I think you both talked about the Muni production too. Yes. Cast as a woman, and in the program notes, it's Mary Sunshine is revealed to be a man. Oh. oh. Yeah. So it's it's. I think, I honestly think if Chicago continues, it's a part that needs to be tweaked because that, that stereotype, it's, it's, it's just gone. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you need to keep re, uh, re energizing that instead of just like having a brand new lens. And I think we did everything we can within the structure though, because you can't change lines. You can't change the show as a whole. Right. You're Um, very beholden to what's being licensed and they're watching you. Yeah. Basically. And like, how do you make that the most respectful and the most uh, intersectional in, in your approach and also, uh, the most like inclusive of the voices that have been marginalized for so long. Mm-hmm. I mean, speaking of Mary Sunshine, can we talk about your vocal range for a second? Because <laughs> out of this world, the notes that you're hitting up there, we were floored when we saw the production. Um, and I mean, we're always floored by your vocals. But in this, I don't think I've ever heard you sing that high before. What was it like to sing that high? Um, it's I, I always call it, it's the party trick that kind of gets me. <laughs> Um, but it was really great because we're working with the music director, Franklin, who's the head of music there. And it was very much a collaboration. And I was like, I really want, I want to add this little lick. It's not extra music. There's no one extra. I was like, I love, and I was talking with the singing coach there and I was like, what about Romeo and Juliet? And it, <laughs> and I've like kind of paraphrased of okay. Gounod's uh, Romeo and Juliet trills. And I'm like, I love the way this character has to express themselves with like in an aria. Okay. Musical theater, and they're like, nope, I'm going to do an operatic solo. (laughs) Express the extravagance of this character's thought process. That's so fun. That's so fun. I mean, so this production of Chicago, everyone knows Chicago, whether they've seen the long running Broadway show, 
the Oscar-winning movie. Did you notice anything new about Chicago when staging and putting on this production that you hadn't seen before? So the the only way Donna would get the rights to the show is if they did something totally different. So they weren't allowed to do Fosse and they weren't allowed right. to replicate the movie or the Broadway production at all. Right. So for me, I I love this version specifically because I feel like it's got a very, both times I've done it, it's male directors. And this one's mm-hmm. got a very clear female perspective about right. empowerment of these women rather than the male gaze on these women. And how these, these female characters are so brilliantly smart to use it. Mm-hmm. It's so devastatingly talented that, that is the, they're the ones holding our hands through this journey. They, they know what they're doing when they do those, like paper, when they're doing like the paper reveals, the headlines, like those women have it in control. And that's super exciting. And especially to do a musical with a very clear female vision on the festival stage is like, yeah, absolutely. yeah, I love the way the characters are like almost using their femininity, something that is, you know, criticized, but using it to empower themselves and to get away with i mean in this case a crime but you know to get away with to like (laughs) something that they would be looked down upon for having using that and twisting it and making it work for them um all the female characters even using their femininity to in some ways let's say manipulate billy flynn or manipulate these other characters who they think billy flynn thinks he's got power all over all them but they're playing him the whole time Mm -hmm. they're playing him they're making him do what they want so it is great and that is interesting i didn't think about you know, I don't know if we've seen Chicago with a female director before the way Donna has. Yeah. No. Uh, um, up, oh, sorry. She brought no, up an interesting idea of like her whole idea is like an Instagram filter. It's like okay. people are only revealing like the colors and the and the versions of themselves they want. I'm like, oh, that's that's why you do Chicago now. It's it's right. It's TikTok. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so, so much of a commentary on like media, and I mean now media is, I mean. It takes place in the 20s, but 100 years later, the way media has evolved since then. Yeah, it's it's very timely. It becomes more and more timely as time goes on. Yeah, for sure. Um, speaking of Stratford, so you are a Stratford, I would say, mainstay at this point. Um, how many seasons have you been a part of? And when did you know that you wanted to be a Stratford actor? Uh, this is technically my fifth season. Um, I really, I saw Oklahoma in 2007, starring Dan Shamari and Blythe Wilson. <laughs> And I was blown away. I was like, what is this place? Why is this show so good? How are they moving a giant house on stage? <laughs> I just could not comprehend of it. It could comprehend it. And the 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 caliber was so excellent that it I think I was I was very young at the time and I was like, I just want to do this. This is I would love to work here one day. Mm-hmm. You've also collaborated with Donna Fjord a few times now. Um, and we just found out that she's taking a break from Stratford next season because she's got some other things going on in the US. She's a little busy. But something that we've, I think, noticed about Stratford uh, over the years that we've gone is that it's such a collaborative group of people. So we're just wondering what it's like to work with the same similar people and similar teams year after year after year. It is nice to have a shorthand and and um, what I love specifically about like watching Jen as Velma is Donna knows what Jen can do. And they're like, Jen's like, okay, great. What if I hit a high note on this? Or Donna's like, okay, great. Can you hit a higher note than that? And then, <laughs> and then um, because of your relationship and because you know the, the incredible wealth of those talents, you can really do something kind of unusual and spectacular. Like I can't do it alone is one of my favorite numbers of the sh- numbers. <laughs> And to see to see a Velma on a tricycle hitting a high D flat with a like a grand bat ma, you're like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that number when like everything is being thrown at her. Yes. We're like, how do you catch it all? Like she it's didn't crazy. drop a prop. She didn't drop a no. prop. Like when no. Devin comes in to do the body. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, hey, that's that's it's 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 my my like it's musical theater gold to me like it's exactly what i want to see on stage it's vaudeville it's it's so great we were sitting right kind of like next to that entrance area (laughs) we're like what's going on it's i'm sure other people get a different view but come where it's like coming from behind us a little bit we're like wait who's who's in there i mean now that we actually have you to talk about the the mechanics of the theater Mm -hmm. steph and i are so interested about one 
where Jen enters from, from the top. We were like, what is up there? We could have been there the whole it looks time. Like it's, it looks like it's nothing. It looks like it's basically the ceiling. And we were so confused trying to figure out like, where is she waiting to come down? Yeah. Okay. So that's called the cupcake. They call that. Okay. And that's actually the orchestra is like in a, a room right behind her. Oh, we were yeah, talking about where the orchestra was. Upstairs and it's kind of piped in. And then Franklin okay. has like 16, our music director um, has like 16 different cameras that you can kind of watch, which okay. is great. And there's so many cameras on the stage. So if you're giving a cue, like everyone can see it. Um, so you've got the cupcake up there and then you've got right behind the like main thrust, there's a staircase that goes all the way down to the basement. Okay. And then you've got two entrances for the vom link. Right. And then the toaster pop, what we call it a toaster pop, but like yes. the, yes. the lip? That's, so it kind of goes like, it's kind of like a, a Y. So that's okay. at like the base of the Y and then it splits out to each side. Okay. okay. We spent we spent like the entire car ride back from Stratford to Toronto trying to figure out where everybody was. Because <laughs> it seems so low to the ground, almost level to the ground, but it's not. It's just an illusion, I guess. Oh, 100%. And, and where are those two like bomb link entrances like that mm -hmm. on the other side is right underneath the seats and that's where you wait because oh. you can cross in between either oh, side so you're like under the audience you're under us under the audience <laughs> wow okay that's great. so fun next time we're in that theater we're gonna be like robert told us <laughs> you just go down there you're like is there okay. down there? take us up Robert's to the cupcake <laughs> oh hi oh hi. Hi. um yeah, it's high. It's high. Um, so when I'm ever I'm at Stratford, I'm like, it seems like summer camp. Everyone's having the time of their life. Is that an accurate assessment? Getting to go back year after year, see your friends, be like, what have you guys been doing since last time I saw you since we closed? It's it's um, I always I love Stratford and I like being in Stratford, whether part of the festival or not. I mean, you're you're employment here is never guaranteed you always have to audition so sure. it's, it's it's totally just based on what is the what are the demands of each show i jen has watched all of gilmore girls like twice <laughs> and i always think it's that it stars hollow right like That's... you kind of know everyone you go to the coffee shop you've known the coffee shop owner Anne for nine years you were with her when she got this new building you were with her when she like got her espresso new espresso machine she was the officiant for your wedding and <laughs> <laughs> then you walk down the street and you see like six people you know and like i love it and because maybe five years ago uh, housing was really affordable here for people to buy right. and so you had tons of artists flock here whether but they were involved at the festival or not um so it's like it's the best that i can just like walk my five six minutes to my friend's house and then we, sure. we do this thing called christmas crawl <laughs> where you spend 45 minutes at everyone's house and then you leave and then you go to the next person's oh that's so fun it's every, every house has a like uh like an appetizer and a drink and you just like go through the snow just chilling with that's your so fun. Like, chocolate it, it, it's that part is absolutely lovely Oh my That's God, wonderful. Steph, should we do this here? <laughs> should we do this in Toronto? We don't yeah. look close enough. I know, we don't. I don't look close enough to you. Um, so describe to us, let's say a day off. Let's describe okay. to us what's like a day off in Stratford. A day off in Stratford. Okay, so tomorrow, what will they do? All right. So um, wake up, uh, feed the dog. It's important. Obviously. Um, yeah. Have coffee, chilled coffee, usually in here or outside. Um, and Is then chilled coffee? Sometimes chilled. Okay. Usually okay. just chill and coffee, but I also <laughs> do love chilled coffee. <laughs> and then um, we'll take the dog for a walk. And it, like one other thing I love about Stratford is there's so many trails. So we'll like take him to the TJ Dolan trail, walk around for like an hour, come back, go see a friend, go downstairs, not downstairs, downtown, grab a coffee. Sometimes circle for lunch is like the best. Mm. Like, should be taking notes. Circle. Yeah. Next time we come, we're coming. Yeah. Okay. So good. Um, and then it's kind of like a make dinner and chill. Like we're not doing a whole lot just because Jen is doing a lot in Chicago. Um, so it's it's as chill and calm as possible. Sure. That makes yeah. sense. So then a show day. What's the routine on a show day then? Oh, <laughs> it's, it's, we'll treat it like a matinee. So I get okay. up, get up at nine, coffee, walk the dog, drive Jen to the theater. Jen gets there an hour before I do because she's got physio, flight test, and full dance warm up. Sure. I have to shave as close to the show as possible. <laughs> get to the show an hour beforehand, start gluing my eyebrows, right. <laughs> doing a full face. Um, 
I share a dressing room with Steve, so we'll Steve who plays Amos, so we'll chat for mm-hmm. like an hour. And then Dan always visits at the half. Jen, the pre-show is we uh, Steve Ross has this box of angel cards. Mm-hmm. On them is like a word of something that like kindness or vision. And so Jen comes in, takes a card, Dan takes a card, I take a card, Steve takes a card. Do the show, go home, let the dog out, start dinner. It's eight o'clock, you're in bed. <laughs> you know what? Sometimes going to bed at eight o'clock is just fine. So I feel like living the dream. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it takes a while to wind down too, right? Totally. Sure. Like high octane show. Yeah. Sure. And then you're like, okay, so I need to just chill a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's switch gears now a bit. Still with Stratford, but last summer we saw. Um, cabarets outside in the festival tent which was great um it was so exciting to just be in an audience again for the very first time um we saw why we tell the story which steph and i were obsessed with it was so good we wanted to get out to see play on but we couldn't get back out to stratford to see it um but to talk about why we tell the story first um this is a cabaret that is about was about the black um, experience in musical theater, and you were the only white performer in the cabaret. Um, what did you see your role as in that show? I actually asked specifically, I'm like, why Why do you want me? And he was like, I really want the voice of allyship and oh. the relationship uh, of like interracial relationship and how, and how that is challenging at times and how can... Um, how can allyship add and be added to that story basically um so i was curious too and we marcus and i had lots of chats and um uh, that's why a lot of the material selected was to kind of focus on that and then he's like do do you have any ideas for another like any other material and i was like yeah there's this great song from memphis and it's sung by a 65 year old woman singing about her son (laughs) i think we can make it work and i sent it to uh marcus he's like yeah i really like this song what's at it um i actually did see memphis on broadway so i was there i was like i did (laughs) i was like this sounds familiar but there's something off (laughs) 100 percent um, what was one of your favorite songs to watch your fellow cast members perform in that song? On honestly, like that was an embarrassment of riches, and absolutely, those people were also so lovely. Like lovely, that whole process was so cup filling. I refer to it as. Um, I okay. There's so you much. have to pick. You can't cop out. Can I choose? We have one? an answer. Oh, can I choose one for each person? Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. I mean, that's a bit of a cop-out, but we'll allow it. Summertime? <laughs> Summertime. Summertime. Okay. Incredible. Uh, Vanessa, I'm here. You can't. Yes. Correct. Um, uh, old Man River. Like, it's, oh, that is like, when I hear that song, I was like, that, that's the voice it, it was written for. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. Wow. I mean, our answer is uh, They Live in You. I have never heard a performance like that in my life. So good. So- we were... We were crying like halfway through that song because his voice is so rich and so beautiful. And it was the best version I've ever heard of that song. And he crafted that show when we did it with so much care. Like he cared so much. And it was such a wonderful group. Franklin Music directed that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just a wonderful little like twinkle of a, an experience. As an audience member, it felt very intentional and it felt very well crafted. Like you could sense that it was very intentionally put together and you felt like you were in good hands as an audience member. You knew where they were leading mm-hmm. you. Um, a funny story I have is we, so we saw the 7 p.m. and we'd seen kind of the 11 a.m. cabaret. So we were kind of hanging out around Stratford and we walked by the tent while you were doing your 3 p.m. show. And I was like, is that Aida? <laughs> I, love and I was that. like, I was like, so we're, our ears are like up at the tent. We're like, what are they singing? What are they singing? And it was Aida. And so when we got to like really hear it, it was very exciting. It was great. Oh, yeah. And Vanessa mm-hmm. too. She's yeah. so easy to, I, I, yeah, I'm very fond of all of those people. Yeah, it was yeah. wonderful. Um, and then you got to go behind the scenes for Play On, um, which you curated, uh, music inspired by Shakespeare, which is very on brand for Stratford. Um, tell us about the curating process. And is this something that you would like to do again? I love doing it. And it was nice to be on the other side of the table and also to be like, okay, so how can I make these artists experience be joy? 
and full of joy? And how can we create a process that is like another cup filling room? You know what I mean? Like you leave not tired after doing a four week run. You're like, Oh, I'm, I'm inspired to do more. Mm -hmm. Um, I got collaborated with Julia and James who uh, run Shakespeare mm-hmm. Bash and we got set up on a blind date. We got asked to do on the same <laughs> chat with the festival and they were like, we'd like you to do this. And I was like, hi, I've never met you before. <laughs> we got along super well. They were invited to our wedding. Like we liked them a lot. <laughs> we liked them a lot. Um, and it was, it was another really great, we were, I was fortunate to work with a few artists that I'm familiar with already to be able mm-hmm. to tailor it to their strengths. Right. And to choose music that I'm like, oh, they're going to be fantastic on this. And to adjust appropriately. So they also felt really good about it. Mm-hmm. Another really wonderful group of artists that I think felt a really lovely little ensemble doing it. And it's fun. Some of the music was like kind of silly. Like we did this early 2000s like punk, punk ska song called Billy S <laughs> about a girl complaining about um, having to do um, a Shakespeare homework. Everything. <laughs> And it was fun, and we we gave it to Jacob and uh, Gabe, and they made it like super punk. <laughs> we had so much fun, and it was we did a brush up your Shakespeare, but we had the two female identifying cast members do it, like as a commentary on on men's idea of women, and mm. to, be able to kind of reclaim that song that is kind of not great. <laughs> like I've had this garbage said to me. This is bad. That's so much fun. I I wish. Stratford would do more of these cabarets. I want I want him to come back. I love being outside. Yeah. Um, because the weather is beautiful. It was oh. like the sun was like setting during that 7 p.m. show. Um, so if anyone's listening, <laughs> Stratford, do more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Outdoor concerts. Yeah. Outdoor concerts. It was so much fun to be outside and to kind of like a slightly more low-key version mm-hmm. of what you're seeing in the main theaters. So oh. that's my petition, I guess. Do more. <laughs> I'm voting for you for um, <laughs> yeah i'm coming i'm coming in next season <laughs> um so i don't know if you can answer this but we've already it's already been announced what next season musicals will include spam and rent do you think we're going to see you next year or can you say anything you don't know okay put it in your letter <laughs> yeah. we also want to see robert <laughs> we want to well i mean i don't know how you feel about this but i would love to see you as mark cohen um in rent so i would love to play that part right. it's, it's like i would love i would love to play that part um but you never know for sure for sure yeah. who knows we'll add it to our email year we'll yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Um, Let's talk a bit about the pandemic. Um, I mean, we're still in a pandemic, but um, as you mentioned earlier, Stratford canceled the season of Chicago and here's what it takes for musicals. We did talk to Vanessa a couple years now about this on an episode of our podcast. Um, What was it like in that time? You said for Stratford, but here's what it takes. And we still don't really know if that show will ever happen. I don't know. Like we, we loved one of the songs that was released from it. We, I feel like Steph, you had an obsession in an episode one time. Was it on Q? Did yes. you perform it on Q? Yeah. And I was yes. like, oh, this is great. Yeah. I can't wait to see the rest of it. And then and here we are, still <laughs> waiting to see the rest of it. That's what it was. <laughs> that's all there is so far. Okay, that's fine too. That's all there is. <laughs> um, had you guys been in a rehearsal process for that very much? Or yeah, was it like only in like two, maybe two, three weeks? Sure. Oh, wow. And it was still very early. Like we were getting pages of rewrites. Right. Because mm-hmm. it was original and just. Stratford had never done an original musical on the main stage before. Is that right? Um, okay. I think Maybe it was, I can, what theater were we supposed to be at? We were supposed to be in the Tom Patterson. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So it was going to be the, the, the first like new show at the Tom Patterson. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I, I have no idea what they're doing with it. Like I honestly have not heard. Okay. Hopefully we want one day we see it. So what were the emotions of that canceled season? Like, Take us through the journey. It was hard. I think the thing that upset us most was we were going to have to post, like, postpone our wedding because that um, was sure. in 2020. And so oh, wow. when we lost our jobs, we're like, oh, this affects an entire like life in a year. Mm-hmm. Um, it was definitely rough. Um, but also being able to be in Stratford and to be able to see friends walkable like outside. Mm-hmm. And- and to be like, I'm seeing five people. You're one of them. You know, <laughs> um, was a huge, huge, huge uh, lifesaver. I think. 
Right. Um, something else that came out of the pandemic was the Up Close and Musical series that Stratford did for Stratfest at Home. I will recount exactly what happened when I watched your Up Close and Musical. I watched it live when they did the like premieres of it happening. And I texted Steph and I was like, what are you doing right now? You need to turn this on because Robert Marcus is singing poetry. And we had recently <laughs> had Britta Johnson uh, on for an episode. We love that song. And then when you sing the joke... <laughs> Best version of that song we've heard. We oh, loved it so much. Steph like immediately turned it on, watched Up Close and Musical. We I was washing it dishes, if you want. Many times. <laughs> You're like, the joke is on them. <laughs> Just crying while watching dishes. Um, so that lives now, I believe, still on Stratford's website, Stratford's at home. And I'm wondering, obviously more digital and streaming theater became available um, within the pandemic. Is this something that you could see moving forward? Do you like the digital format? Like what are your thoughts on streaming theater? I think when it's, uh, I think they were very, uh, very, I really liked the the digital content they created, especially for the um, cabarets. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, and especially the, the one person cabarets, I thought they were edited really well together and it felt like mm-hmm. it purposefully it didn't feel like a performance that was just like okay we're gonna shoot put a theater but we're gonna put a camera there camera there audiences all around like it felt like yeah. it was made for film and i'm all mm-hmm. about that um but also um, on the other half i'm like i also like it when everything's recorded because then i can watch uh life after at the goodman in chicago it's true although sometimes in canada we just get like they don't stream it here. So we ha- are unfortunately trying to like find a VPN to yeah. watch a show. It's like a very hard process. So I would love for things to be available in Canada all the time. But yeah, I feel like I watched a lot of digital theater in 2020 and I kind of miss like being able to just like put something on, on demand. Yeah. yeah. I, I liked the, um, they did a really good recording of Alice for Soul Pepper too. Mm. They, uh, the Bad Hats did a production of Alice in Wonderland and it was really well shot. Yeah, I think that is kind of the key. Sometimes they're not well shot. Um, and it, it, it's, it's expensive, absolutely. Sometimes it does feel like they've just put the camera and sometimes you're like, okay, they've taken the time to, to say, what, what do we need to adapt for filming it for screen? Because it's not the same medium and it looks different. Um, so yeah, I think that is the key for sure. I definitely agree. Mm-hmm. Um, can we talk about Dear Evan Hansen a little bit? Sure. So we first saw Dear Evan Hansen when it opened in Toronto in March of 2019. Um, you obviously played title character Evan Hansen, and you uh, received a Toronto Theatre Critics Award as well as a Dora nomination. Steph saw it opening night. I feel like off of a student rush lottery ticket. Yeah, I did student there. rush. It was a last minute decision, you know. Yes. Yeah. Just... Um, and texted me saying, wow, this guy playing Evan is really great. And then I had <laughs> subscription tickets and I went with my mom. I had seen it on Broadway, um, I guess a year before then. And same thing was like, wow, this Evan. And then we knew we were going together and we sat second row um, and saw it with We saw every tear track coming Every tear. Every tear. Oh, every tear. Like, that's, so <laughs> <laughs> that's the closest I think we've, sa- I, I, I mean, I that's the closest I've sat for that show. And it's. It's a lot of tears, a lot of snot for everybody. <laughs> but like, me too. Like, I'm also crying. It's a lot so of it's crying. Fine. Yeah, um, yeah. We couldn't see your crying through our crying. So it was fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we, funnily enough, our second ever episode of our podcast was talking about the casting of Durban Hansen because that process seemed to be so long. It was a Canada-wide search for Evan. And I mean, what was that audition process like? Uh, it was very, very... Um... Strange. <laughs> uh, I sent in a tape in June when I was doing Rocky in uh, at a festival. Right. Uh, really and- similar characters, I think. Yeah, yeah the most. Yeah. Um, uh, like emotional, fragile teenagers. Riff yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One's an alien. One. The core. The core of them is. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it was very. Uh, I would say untraditional. So I sent in a tape. I sent in a tape and uh, they were like, okay, great. We don't need to see anymore. We're not interested. And I'm like, cool, cool. And I was like, can I come to like, can I just come to callbacks and just get in the room? And my agent was like, absolutely not. They're not interested. I was like, wow. Okay. Um, and so I auditioned for the festival and uh, was supposed to be due to, to a season here. Um, and then in November, 
I, uh, Dan, who I'm working with, is like, hey, have you thought about uh, resubmitting for Evan? And I was like, I, I don't want to. Like, I've got a season here. It's like I've already emotionally kind of moved on because I was really interested in it at the time. Um, and then I got a call from my agent being like, the casting director in Toronto wants to see you. Will you come in and audition? It's like 10 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, no, <laughs> no one should have to sing. Evan <laughs> in the morning. And I was like, no, the boat sailed. Like, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to leave this season that I'm supposed to do. And then I get a call from my agent being like, they want to see you in New York. You're auditioning for Michael Greif, the lead producer, uh, Pasek, Paul, Lackamore, um, Levinson, Tara um, Rubin, Tara Rubin's assistant, um, and they'll fly you down and you audition the next day. And I was like, okay, that's after, a great story. After you've rejected them? <laughs> you've already rejected this? <laughs> well, the, it, it, my agent was like, the producer finally saw your video and it didn't make it all the way to her. And she's like, she, they, they'd really like to see you for it. And I was like, okay, I'll go because it's going to be a great story and I get to go to New York for a day. <laughs> yeah. So I finished Rocky Horror. We closed, it was December 1st or December 2nd. We closed, the show ended at four o'clock. Six o'clock took a shuttle to the airport, Stratford to Toronto, flew, <laughs> flight was delayed, obviously. It got in at yeah. like 12.30. Um, turnaround was like, first audition was at like 10.30 in the morning the next day for the associate and I was like okay tried to sink through it and I was like this is impossible it's 10 30 in the morning and yeah. they gave me like a whole series of notes to like work on because they have associates on it that know that show forwards backwards and upside down and um and then walked around New York for four hours not knowing what to do with my like little carry-on suitcase full of polos <laughs> And is that what you packed? Only blue polo shirts, just for like. <laughs> you got to be a brand. Um, and a cast, obviously. Yes. yes. <laughs> you broke your arm to show yes. up. The other day. I fell off the plane. Um, okay. And went audition. Went to audition at three o'clock. Opened the door, and there was someone like got off the elevator for the casting. There was a a guy I knew, a friend of mine. I was like, "You're here too." Uh, went in. They all, all the production, all the creatives, like single file entered and they were like, hello, hello, hello. And then uh, they're like, your time is now. And then there's just a wall of people and Michael <laughs> <Greif> on Zoom. <laughs> so went in, did, just did everything once, no redirects, like total presentational, like, can you do this or can't you? Wow. Staying through it. And I was like, okay, well back to Canada. <laughs> Took my plane back that night. And then the next day I had an offer. Wow. So That's, then I guess, like, had they, do you know if they had filled out some of the rest of the cast before? Cast it was already done. Right. So Months before. We Months. were under the impression, after seeing you in this, we were under the impression that it was like you first and then they had to fill everybody else mm. out afterwards, but waited, like had, had found you, but like maybe we're searching around. I don't know. I don't know what we thought, but not. This. I feel like I thought, and correct me if I'm wrong, and maybe you don't even know, but I feel like I was like, they it's really late to be announcing the Evan. That's how I felt. I felt they have had a hard time finding Evan. And I I don't know why. I This is just an outsider person who's on the Broadway world boards being like, <laughs> what's going on? Um, but it felt like, to me anyway, they were having a hard time finding their Evan. Because I, I know I, they wanted to cast fully Canadian. Yeah. Um, I think I was so, on a show like 643 or something. Wow. And I found out that a friend of mine, Evan, who played Larry, went down to the Mervish offices and were like, you need to see Robert for this. And wow. that's what actually got me to the next, like, oh that, that's God. how the producers saw the video. Oh, and wow. then uh, I think they announced it, like, oh, I was on vacation. Like, we <laughs> planned a postseason. We were in Costa Rica. <laughs> like, right. so, like, the day, so I found out, I got the, the offer, and then the next day we were leaving. Oh, wow. And I had to go on, like, radio silence. wasn't allowed to talk to anyone. And then I was like, I was calling Stratford from Costa Rica being like, please don't hate me. I, I like, I have to do this. And they were like, we totally get it. And they were so, so nice about it. Um, especially Donna. Donna was very, very supportive and sent me like a very sweet message. Um, that's, that's one of the questions we had actually. Taking the role of Evan meant you couldn't do that Stratford season. Do you know who you were cast as? Can you tell us? I was supposed to Billy Elliot. Okay, you're supposed to do Billy Elliot? Right, right, right. Yeah. I assume um, not Billy Elliot. Yeah, you were playing Billy. <laughs> I am a, a fantastic Billy. <laughs> we did see we did see Billy Elliot and Little Shop that season. Yeah, um, amazing. So, like, what is that decision like? You know, you as Stratford is somewhere you've been to multiple times before, and you kind of had to you had to say no to that, or you had to 
almost mm-hmm. quit that's so, like what was that decision it's like you and, and it's a mm-hmm. relationship that like i i really like working with donna and i didn't want to jeopardize that because she's such a a good i think she's a fantastic director and a really wonderful collaborator to work with mm-hmm. um so i like i called her personally and then i wrote like apology letters <laughs> I, I wrote ha- handwritten cards to casting producer don i think donna i talked to Donna on the phone i can't remember if i wrote her a card too but i'm probably sure i did <laughs> and and then maybe and the i think uh, i think i did anthony too and anthony was like okay <laughs> <laughs> I, like just, I I didn't want to damage that, and sure, everyone was like, "Yeah, of course you have to do this. This is right. uh, it's like musical theater Hamlet. Like it's hard. Go go." And I think it, the show made me a better actor, and hopefully, it's it's Chicago's wealth is. <laughs> I mean, to talk about the rehearsal process, did you guys go down to New York and train at all with the the Broadway cast? Like, what was that experience like? Um, we they we rehearsed entirely in New York. I got there. Oh, to amazing. Start a week or 10 days beforehand and we rehearsed in the studio where they normally rehearse replacements. And then it was the entire Broadway team. They were rehearsing other cast members for New York at the time. I think it was when Andrew was rehearsing Mm -hmm. go in. We never rehearsed together, but we were always there. Like Michael would leave us a little early so we could do scene work with Andrew. Mm -hmm. I mean, we saw the two of you sing together in that for nice Evan guy. video. Nice guy. I love that video um, mm-hmm. for the for, uh, when you guys are singing. Um, yeah, I mean, have you seen another Evan? Like, did you get to watch an Evan? Uh, per, who did you see? Who was your Evan that you got to see? Um, I've seen it three times because the, sh- the producer's like, come see our show. And I was like, sure. <laughs> um, I saw uh, Taylor Trench. Mm-hmm. Great. And then I saw Taylor Standby. What was his name? He was great. I can see his face and I can't remember his name. He was really, really wonderful. And then Is I saw Michael Lee Brown. Yes, he was great. Okay. I saw Michael Lee Brown on Broadway. Yeah, I really liked him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I saw Zach do it because I wanted to make sure sure that for his last performance too. Oh, almost as many times as me. I've seen it four times. So <laughs> one more time for you. <laughs> but he's done it. I, I know. know. A million times. <laughs> so much crying at the end. I mean, like, speaking I of the crying. Two shows, like an eight-show week. Like, how do you? I don't know. From a matinee to an evening performance, like, get I enough tears. I never you have had to. Right, right. Wow. Oh, and we would have like a code. Like, if I was ever like really, I'm like not feeling great. I would always text him and be like, "Heads up, you're gonna get a <laughs> two hours because I don't have a voice today." And yeah. we, we were like, we had a really great communication between us, and he was really wonderful to work with, even though I didn't mm-hmm. technically like work on stage with him. <laughs> right. Um, so when the show was first announced, it was expected to run until at least September. And we thought the intention was for an open-ended run. The theater was blue. We were ready to go. And then unexpectedly to us, it was announced to close a few months early in July. Mm-hmm. When did you guys find out that was happening? What, like, what can you tell us about that? We we got 10 weeks notice and technically they only have to give one, like, or one oh, or wow. two, two weeks notice. I think you get two weeks notice if you want to close the show. Um, it's, it's, Toronto is a trickier market because it's not tourist based. It's like 85% subscription and people that live in Toronto and 15% tourists and New York is significantly higher. I think Evan Hansen is a, a hard show to see more than once because you have to be, you have to love the show so much that you want to see it over again because it's not come from away that you're like, oh yeah, I want to bring my friends. I want to bring my friends <laughs> yes. who come from away, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, if you want to see a 17 year old cry, even you, I love it. Don't get me wrong. But like, I think, I think that it emotionally, it's hard to see. Like totally. my parents were like, we'd love to see it. And they were like, we can't see you go through, like we can't see, uh, uh, you go through that again because it's just mm-hmm. so much. Um, so I think that's it, that's hard, and I'm not sure if um, it was it's as familiar in Canada as it is in the states too. Right. It also did seem that on Broadway it had such an amazing opening, and then when it started to go on tour, people started to maybe not love the story so much. And I feel like over the course of the years that the show's been on, the storyline is still kind of like having issues. So it really seemed to not super resonate with audiences in Toronto, but I was always an advocate for, you know, the music is so good. The talent, the whole cast here was 
incredibly talented. So um, I'm always an advocate for theater in Toronto. So it was it was really disappointing to us when, yeah. when it did close. Yeah, uh, I agree. And like I, I remember we were doing each each person had to do like a makeup trial for the show, and they were like, "Here, just use this. You have a zit." But uh, <laughs> they were like, yes, "You're not doing like full face." <laughs> oh, like this one. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> Uh, but the makeup artist was said, so how do you feel playing a villain? And I'm like, wow. oh, okay. That's how she saw it or he saw yeah. it. Yeah, and, and it was an interesting, it is uh, like I, I, the first time I heard it and I heard like a, a, a bad ripped audio version of when they did it like arena stage, like years before it made to Broadway. And I was right. like, incredible. <laughs> yeah. But I think that, I think looking back, you're like, it is, it is tricky to love to feel empathetically for a character that is lying so much, whether they have significant reasons for their own mental health or whatever to, to mm -hmm. that lie up, but it is through deception. Mm. Yes. I think some people go into it with like a very black and white view of it. Mm -hmm. And I've always seen it as every single person in the show is emotionally complicated not Damn. just evan every, not just evan but like i always think about like jared and alana they're yeah. also kind of lying or manipulating or doing things for mm -hmm. not like number one 100 good intentions um but yeah i think a lot of people go into it with like a very black and white viewpoint of he's lying so he's bad or yeah. this is so sh they're good so it's a little i don't know yeah I think first time i heard that i was like he's a villain <laughs> you're like oh I didn't know that. Whereas like I see it on the flip side of like, how can you not feel bad for this? It's like <laughs> pouring his heart out on stage. And also giving their family hope. Like totally. We always then, say, and it's a line in the show too, like everybody needed it for something. Mm -hmm. Everybody needed it for something. And I feel like we have gone to bat many times on this podcast defending like choices in Kevin <laughs> Hansen. But um, it is interesting because like, even after we watched the movie, um, last year mm -hmm. we're like oh this really has taken a turn and now he feels like a villain so it's interesting seeing it in like different different mediums too yeah yeah i think the movie was slightly less successful than the stage version at like presenting his choices let's say yes uh, and, and that's another show that i'm like oh it'd been really interesting to have it through the filter of social media because mm -hmm. had if, if the whole show is that text message or right. that video, like you, you, you see Evan through a lens rather than try to be potentially manipulative. Mm -hmm. So, did you have to get the cast saw, like sawed off during intermission too every day? <laughs> did it ever come close to cutting no, you? God, God bless you, Greg. Greg, love you. What, what do they do? They stick a ruler in there and just kind of saw it off, and then they use a the little sawzall thing. And then, okay. how, how long before the show do you have to get the cast on? 15, I think. 15 or 30, I can't remember. That's so quick when you think about yeah. it. Oh, yeah. And it's still a little wet when you start the first <laughs> Oh, really? When you start the show? So when Connor's like signing it, it's like, oh. Hopefully it's right by then. But like when you go in there for like, yeah, Evan Hansen. It's, it's yeah. So <laughs> um, and the new balances. Can we talk about the new balances? <laughs> yes. A great new balance. Oh. I feel like Jeremy Hansen, I maybe started the trend because now new balance are so fashionable. Right. And you heard were, his like uncool shoes that Evan was wearing and now everyone's wearing a new balance. So it's true. There's also like, like there's many costume changes in that show, especially like in the final scene when you wear an entirely <laughs> different costume for maybe five seconds. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> um, is there a favorite moment in that show? Well, talk about your favorite moment to sing and then your favorite moment to watch someone else do when you're right. in it. Um, favorite moment to sing. I loved Words Fail because I always don't get emotional. I <laughs> love Evan, Claire, and Steph. I loved that cast. They were mm -hmm. wonderful, and I'm I'm still close with a lot of them. Like I think I texted Evan earlier today. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you would finish the show, and Claire was like, "I'm sorry, I didn't cry enough for you today." <laughs> it's like I wasn't giving what you. <laughs> Yeah, and, and it was a really wonderful. I always thought of that show as an ensemble show. Like it really mm -hmm. is. Like Evan, Evan can't be uh, fantastic without a fantastic Zoe who's there for uh, who's there for him as much as he is for her. Mm -hmm. um, and so that I loved Words Fail, and then going into Jess, who's a very close friend of mine, seeing her face mm -hmm. is is just a wonderful and just devastatingly tragic thing. Um, and we became very close friends during that. Um, mm -hmm. 
what else are moments that I love? I loved listening to Jess saying that. So big, so small. Because mm-hmm. um, I always thought it cost her so much to do it. Um, what else did I love watching? Um, Steph always sounded good. Oh. Her Requiem? So, <laughs> so, so much of that cast ended up going on tour and continuing to do the show because it was an amazing cast they put together here. So it was so like wonderful to see that it wasn't the end of their performances in that show. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a great run. Um, if short. Good. Yeah. And, and, and there was also a part of me. It's like, Oh <laughs> yeah. Relief. Like I'm sad to say goodbye to it, but also I'm, I'm happy that I don't have to keep putting myself through this as right, in like, sure. the emotional toll of that. And I like, I texted Alessandro earlier today. He just bought a house. Like, great is that? I saw that on Instagram. It's very exciting stuff. <laughs> he Love. was the star of the Dear Evan Hansen uh, Instagram stories page. They did like cooking with him all the time. He got a like whole set of Le Creuset pots and pans. Like, no. man. The secret of Alessandro is he's actually, he looks like a 25 year old man, but inside <laughs> he is a se- he's a 75 year old Italian Nona. Amazing. Amazing. We can kind of no, I'm so hungry. <laughs> <laughs> he used to call it so big, so huge. And it would be <laughs> he would change the lyrics to him eating different foods. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, that's so good. Um, we've always admired your versatility from Riff Raff to Evan to Mary Sunshine to Ross Petty's Pantos um, during the holiday season and so much more. Um, it seems to us that you don't really have a type that you're cast in. So what's it like to step into such vastly different roles season after season? I love it. I love uh, shows where I can be entirely not recognizable. I think that's so exciting Um, for me. uh, I love when you don't recognize who you're seeing and you're like, oh, but I saw saw that and that and oh, there were moments of this. Like, I think that's, I I love when you just, you're you're totally taken away. and I, I like I like the extremes. I like the weird characters. Like I like the ones that are a little little off. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I guess in the same sense, like it's kind of a vocal risk every time you step into a new kind of character too. So what's that like to like completely change your voice? I love it. It's such a good challenge, right? And like how yeah. does that voice also help with like physicality? Like for me, uh, Mary Sunshine's all about her wrists. And she's always has a hanky. Everything is super. <laughs> and then with Riff Raff, the hands were always this. Like. <laughs> Right. Um, and then Evan Hands were always this. <laughs> <laughs> Not by choice, obviously. Not yeah, <laughs> by physical restriction. Um, yeah. But I, I, I like the extremes and I like the a little bit off. Like I remember I always wanted to do Joseph as a kid. I was mm. like, oh, I want to do Joseph. And then I did Joseph at a Theater Aquarius and I was like, I'm just sat in a loincloth the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> so cold. <laughs> You're the cold, though. You're cold, but then you can wear it for three minutes, and then you're like, That's well, true. off That's to Potter, and you're like, okay, great. Um, so I, I like the, um, I like the kind of strange extremes and more extended characters. Yeah, that's super fun. Um, We do have a game for you. It's a bit of a rapid fire. It's called Personality Test Drive. <laughs> Okay, so your road trip cast recording. What are you listening to? Uh, road trip cast recording. Uh, right now, I am listening to, I will tell you. Oh. Right now, I am listening to, doodly doodly doo. I am listening to, what's the, Ride the Cyclone. That's the last thing I listened to. Oh. I'll ride the Cyclone. It's a great cast recording. Great cast recording. Um, what is a dream role? Uh, the first thing that came to mind with Joseph, and I was like, it's not Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> allegedly coming back. Allegedly coming to Toronto. Uh, I don't really have dream roles anymore okay. because uh, for me, the the most exciting things are like the stuff that always takes you by surprise. Do, I do have uh, two that would be really fun. Would be George and Sunday and uh, Bobby and company, just because they wouldn't have to learn another character name. <laughs> <laughs> We saw, um, we were talking about Evan, we saw him in Sunday in the Park with George, like one of the last things we saw before yeah. before the pandemic, but um, great, wonderful, amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, pre-show ritual. Um, uh, I choose a word or write something I want to work on for the show. What is your miscast? Um, what is my miscast? 
uh, Clara and Light in the Piazza. Wow. Oh, the range. I think you can do it. I mean, we would say that Mama Will Provide was maybe a miscast for you, <laughs> <Yep>. but <laughs> um, in many uh, ways, but yeah. um, but it was super fun. Um, favorite song from a show that you didn't get to sing? Oh, uh, favorite song that I didn't get to sing. Uh, what have I done? When the second you ask a question, I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> like, I've never been in a show ever. Ever. First time. Um, favorite song in a show I didn't get to sing. Um, what is uh, Evan? Evan sings a lot, so there's not in there that I haven't sang. Um, music Man. Um, oh, you really stumped me. <laughs> I feel like this that didn't seem that hard to me. Oh, River Deep Mountain High from the Panto. Okay. Mm. Michael DeRose slayed it. Wow. Great song. Yeah, great song. Um, if you were to step into a theater tomorrow, which of your previous roles could you still perform? Uh, I could still perform. Uh, Rocky's probably in there. Um, yeah, probably Rocky. I feel like I'd be like, okay, sweet, give me six hours and I'll be fine. The makeup would take the longest. Yeah. Honestly, probably it's a lot of makeup. Yeah. A lot of makeup heavy parts. (laughs) Um, Movie you'd turn into a musical. Um, Movie I would turn into a musical. Um, Ooh, that's a really good one. There was one a little while ago that I was like, why isn't this? We thought we we were talking about a league of their own should be a uh, music. I feel like when we had Jake Epstein on, he also said that. I I agree. He said that, and then also, didn't I say that this might be in the works? I think we we found like a very old workshop, but nothing ever happened. So yeah, yeah do that. Bring it back. Let's do it. Um, what is your favorite costume you've ever worn? Uh, probably riffraff and Rocky Horror. Like it was so nice to have a character that with like such an extended body, like whether it was a, a hump or long hair. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, favorite spot to sit in a theater? Um, ooh, first row balcony. Stellar. Oh. Love that. Balcony. Or, or like uh, I'm a slightly off to the right center orchestra. Orchestra? Yeah. Okay. But if, if we're doing tech, find me first row balcony. Sure, sure. <laughs> um, what is a special skill on your resume? Like swimming. <laughs> <laughs> Do you often have to use that special skill? <laughs> uh, no. Um, probably John Center singing. It got me my first job. Oh, amazing. Um, favorite show that you've never seen? Uh, Hadestown. It's coming to Toronto. I know, I see it. Make a track. Um, oh, um, which character that you've played is the most like you? Uh, ooh, the most. Riff Raff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just walk around like this. Um most like me uh probably the panto because it was just a a, a, a dude <laughs> it's um, probably not mary sunshine and it's not, <laughs> it's not quite riffraff and it's not no. quite ads from river city so i don't know what. um as a strat fest regular what's your favorite shakespeare Ooh, um uh it was romeo and juliet based on the thing we did for play on, which is to put a case of you with Joni Mitchell into it. And it oh, is wow. freaking great. Wow. I think there should be a Joni Mitchell um, RJ. I'm putting it out there. Like a jukeboxy style. Yeah. Okay. There's already a jukebox, basically Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> oh, it's, it would be hard to compete. I feel at this point. <laughs> I think they have got a, they've got a few musicals. <laughs> <laughs> no one's doing a musical King Lear. I don't know why. <laughs> Well, <laughs> um, what's, you know, I don't quite see it. I'm not. <laughs> I can't visualize. Um, what is your guilty pleasure musical? Um, guilty pleasure musical. Uh, I love Little Shop of Horrors. Um, and there's another one that's actually more guilty. What is it? Um, oh, guiltiest uh, is Is There Life After High School by Craig Carnelia. Okay. I have never even heard of that. Exactly. <laughs> so it's the guiltiest, obviously. Yeah. Um, and then finally, a dream project to co-star with your wife. Oh, um, Sunday in the Park with George would be pretty cool. Yeah. That would be beautiful. That would be nice. Yeah. Um, before we wrap up this episode, we asked you to come prepared with an obsession. So it is now time for our obsession of the week. 
All right, Steph, what do you got? Okay, I'm always shuffling on Spotify. That's just, you listen to a cast recording and then it starts to be, starts playing things inspired by that cast recording. So a song that came up recently was a song called Is This Not Love from Twelfth Night the Musical. Have you, it, like, it's gorgeous. Shayna Taub. You know, we've been talking about her a lot because she's doing Devil Wars Prada, whatever's mm-hmm. going on with that. Um, <laughs> she has this, she wrote the music and lyrics, but she also has this gorgeous voice and she is singing this beautiful song, again, a musical based on a Shakespeare. Um, I haven't seen the show. I've listened to the cast recording a bit, but this is the standout song. It sounds just like, almost like a jazz standard. Like it doesn't sound like it's from a musical, um, not in a bad way, but just, I just absolutely gorgeous. I want to hear a million people sing it. I want to hear her sing it. I love it. It's beautiful. Robert, what's your obsession um, this week? I know Sarah Farb saying that for a, a forum event a couple years ago at the Stratford. Oh, really? Uh, at, at the festival. And we all, we're this close adding it to play on. Really? Uh, it, it's, it's stunning. Fun. It's stunning. Um, current obsession, Ingr- Ingrid Michaelson doing If This Is Love from the new Notebook musical. I'm yes. Like, it'd be good. And it, it, the recording is stellar. It's on Instagram. It's on the Notebook uh, Instagram page. And a uh, great song, great vocals. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm I'm a, I'm a sucker for a pop pop singer writing a, a pop based musical theater. If this is love, I'm not ready. If this is love, why am I someone's daddy? If this is love, why did no one tell me the pain that I would feel? If this is love, maybe I'm ready. How do I know? I'm in my head again If this is love I think I'm in it If this is, if this is If this is love Yes, yes I mean, speaking of movie musicals, my obsession uh, this week is recently there's been some uh, songs released from the upcoming Almost Famous musical, which is coming to Broadway in October. And my obsession this week is Everybody's Coming Together. Um, I feel like there's been some mixed reviews on this song, but I feel like Almost Famous won what a perfect movie to musical adaptation. It's obviously a movie that sings. And number two, I feel like this is exactly what I thought this would sound like out of an almost famous musical. Everybody's coming together. It's time to hear what we have to say. So if you're not part of the movement, then you better move out of the way. Come join the Um, it's been a minute since I've seen that movie, but Steph and I were talking literally the other day about like a dream trip to New York and Almost Famous <laughs> was like at the top of our list right now to go and see it. So um, that's my obsession this week. Obviously a Tom Kitt score, never a bad thing. So I'm excited for Almost Famous to come to Broadway this season. It's too, much, too much good stuff coming. There's, know, there's a lot of good stuff coming, hey? Yeah. We don't think The Notebook is going to make it this season though. I think it's too soon. I, I think there's I feel like there's going to be a lot of competition for this coming season. And then they just mm-hmm. started the rumors of Josh Groban doing Sweeney Todd. Right. I know. Like, I yeah, we've added it to our strategy. <laughs> yeah, we were, we were listening. Okay, we're like if we go in December, what do we see? And we had like six things to see. And we're like, it's not possible. It's not possible. You can't do it all. Because obviously, I mean, sorry, Almost Famous is like top of list, but actually top of list is Merrily with like Daniel Radcliffe, Jonathan Groff, and Lindsay Mendez because... Yeah. And it's like a Sondheim renaissance, right? Although yeah. Merrily is happening in Toronto with Yes Theater. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. wow. And Alessandro tie in there too. Uh, so that will be exciting when that happens. I think it's early next year, so... Mm-hmm. Yes, I feel like, I mean, I feel like this not always happens, but we saw a little shop in Stratford and then we went to New York and saw a little shop in New York. So if we go and see um, Merrily in New York and then come back and see Merrily here. <laughs> totally. And spoiler, 
Stratford's Little Shop was better than the off-Broadway production. Really? You liked it, hey? Yeah, yeah. we loved it. We loved oh, it. Awesome. Right. Mm-hmm. You weren't there, um, though, so. No. <laughs> you were busy. It's fine. <laughs> um, I was busy crying in front of you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, before we wrap up this episode, um, what's next for you post-October 30th? What are you doing October 31st? What, November 1st? Like, do you have anything planned for the rest of the year? Are you just going to, like, relax? Honestly, hopefully go on honeymoon. That's, like, Amazing. number one. Yeah. Um, there's still, like, a couple fires in the iron of, like, oh, that'd be fun. I'd really like to just relax. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's a bit of figuring out kind of what happens next in stories that uh, are, like, I'm like, oh, if I can go, yeah, that's a good time to tell that story now. That's what I'll go for. Right. Sure. Um, where can people follow you if they want to follow you? Uh, RJB Marcus on Instagram. Amazing. And if uh, anyone wants to listen to our episodes, um, you can subscribe to our podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. Um, we'd really appreciate it if you left us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. And you can also watch us here on YouTube. And don't forget to subscribe. And you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at off 2 way podcast with the number two. And thank you so much, Robert, for joining us today. It was honestly such a pleasure to talk to you and to hear so much about these characters that I feel like we thought we knew, but we actually knew nothing about it all. So <laughs> it felt like a little bit they're of a villain story. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, exactly. At the end of the day, everyone is a villain is what you think. Everyone's been Todd. Exactly. Played by Jeff Grobin. <laughs> um, so thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. Bye.